Welcome to the ministry of Jesus Christ and to this worship service. Regardless of what day of the week or what time of day you may be worshiping with us, you can be assured that God is meeting you right where you are at. In our church family today, we are welcoming new members into our midst, as well as celebrating those men and women that God has called to be leaders of this particular congregation. By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we continue to be an active church family as we seek to become better disciples, as well as continue to serve within our communities, both near and far. So today we are rejoicing because this is indeed the day God has made, just as surely as we are welcoming new members and leaders into our midst, God is welcoming you into the home of his heart and the security and assurance of his love, grace, and mercy. So let us now worship this amazing God who welcomes all. There are different gifts, but it is the same spirit who gives them. There are different ways of serving God, but it is the same Lord who is served. God works through different people in different ways, but it is the same Lord who achieves God's purposes through them all. Each one is given a gift by the Spirit to use it for the common good. Together, we are the body of Christ and individually members of him. Let, Let us worship, worship God. God. Let's sing together, we are one in the Spirit.
It is good news that God loves us just as we are, but it is even better news that God loves us too much to leave us just as we are. We are now called to admit to God and to ourselves our need to be forgiven. Trusting God's great love, we're ready to come before God. Please join me. Let us pray. Jesus, the great inviter, you grant us the gift of life and ask us to live it fully, sharing the meaning of our faith with others through our words and actions. More than we care to admit, we feel unworthy and incapable of bearing your light in our uncertain world. Forgive us for thinking that you should have picked someone else. Transforming Lord, breathe your Holy Spirit into us like a fresh wind blowing away our doubt and insecurities. Feel us with the confidence of your constant presence. Remind us that in your wisdom, you have called each one of us by name saying, come and follow me. Amen. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. I present Becca Folsom with her sponsor Monica Conrad and Ariel Novak with her sponsor Tracy Conrad and her mentor Sandy May Nemisto. Becca and Ariel have been received into the membership of this congregation by a reaffirmation of faith. Friends, you come to us as members of the Holy Catholic Church into which you were baptized and by which you have been nurtured. We are one with each other, sisters and brothers in the family of God. We rejoice in the gifts for ministry that you both bring. As you join with us in the worship and service of this congregation, it is fitting that we recall together the covenant into which we all were baptized, claiming again the promises of God which are ours in our baptism. Hear these words from Holy Scripture. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Becca and Ariel, the Lord has called you together with the rest of us to be the body of Christ, which is the church. God has now brought you to this time and this place so that you may confess your faith before others and go out from here serving Jesus Christ as faithful disciples. We have a few questions for you. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and do you trust in him? If so, would you both please say, I do. I do. Do you intend to be his disciples, to obey his word, and to show his love? If so, please say, I do. I do. 
Will you be faithful members of this congregation, giving of yourselves in every way? And will you seek the fellowship of Christ's church wherever you may be? If so, please say, I will. I will. Do you, the members of the Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church, promise your support to these sisters in faith as they live among us and grow with us in our faith? If so, please say, we do. We do. Please stand if you are able and join me in the unison prayer on your screen. Holy God, we praise you for calling us to be a servant people and for gathering us into the body of Christ. We thank you for choosing to add our members to these brothers and sisters in faith. Together, we may live in your spirit and so love one another that we have the mind of Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom we give honor and glory forever. Amen. Amen. And now for your individual charges, and I have Ariel. Your scripture passage is Romans 8:28. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to God's purpose. And Becca, I have your charge from scripture. It's from Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, and hold fast to what is good. These two charges are a tradition in the life of our church. And anytime someone comes forward for membership, a special verse is selected for them. When you receive your certificate of membership, you too will have this verse printed out for you to keep from here on out. This passage, much like our stars on Star Sunday, this passage is to be a guide to you, a kind of a gift that you want to unwrap and reopen as you go through your life, not only with us, but in your own journeys. We already know that we are blessed to have you in the life of this church. We are all disciples of Jesus Christ. He has commissioned us. Let us live together in his love and learn what it is to serve him. Let us be filled with gratitude for all that God has done for us. So on behalf of the session and the congregation of the Rosedale Gardens Presbyterian Church, welcome to the ministry of this congregation. We are delighted to have you here. Yes, we are. Yay! <laughs>
And now a message for us from Paul's letter to the early church in Colossae, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Listen closely for the word of the Lord to you this day. Paul wrote in Colossians, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is Christ is. So then, just as you received Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, friends, I want to start my message with a story, an inspiring one, a true one. It's the story of a Maasai warrior named Joseph in Africa. He had obviously had such a hard life being raised in that environment. He was a troubled soul. And one day when he was walking along a road, a makeshift road, back to the village, he encountered someone that shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with him. He couldn't get over the message. He became so excited. He now had hope. He realized that God loved him, that Jesus came and died for him, and that he had this great message of hope that we, he wanted to run back to his village to share. And that's exactly what he did. But when he ran into the village and he started to preach about the love of Jesus, it wasn't at all as he had hoped. Unlike him who had received the message with an open heart, the men in his own village, they tied him down on the ground, and the women in his village beat him with barbed wire. At some point, he fell unconscious, and when he awoke, he was laying at a watering hole outside the village. He had to lay there for days, and the whole time he laid there, he, he thought to himself that he must have left something out of the story. There was something in him that didn't share the good news right. So when he was able to walk, he went right back into the village again. And again, he began to go door to door and preach that good news message. And again, the men of the village held him down and the women, they beat him. And this time when he awoke, he woke up out on a road farther away from the village. It took him longer to heal but he was determined that he still had to go back. He wanted the people that he knew and grew up with, his closest family, his closest friends, to hear the good news message of Jesus. So even before he could utter a word, he made his way into the village. Before he said one word, and the men once again tied him up and threw him on the ground, the women began to beat him and those wounds began to reopen. And somehow he recalled that before he passed out, he looked into the faces of these women who were over him. 
and he began to tell them how much he loved them because Jesus loved him. When he woke up that time, that third time, he was actually laying in his own bed and the women that had beat him were saving his life. And indeed, the whole village did come to Christ. No matter what the suffering was that he went to and went through, he was so grateful that his whole village began to know Jesus. So I hear this story, I recall this story, and again, it makes me wonder, what lengths would we go to to share the message of Jesus Christ, to really live it, to sit down with someone and say what Christ means to us, has, how Jesus has changed us, how why we're a part of a church is to be Christ-like in this world. What would it take for you and I to be utterly convinced, certain, persuaded beyond all doubt to keep speaking about Jesus even when those we love most reject us? You know, the answer ultimately is that we need to be certain, convinced, and persuaded that Jesus Christ is enough, that Jesus Christ is the ultimate treasure beyond anything this world has to offer, that we need to believe, just as Paul did as Steve read our passage this morning, that we are to live our lives in such a way that people see Jesus in us. Paul writes about what it means for him to be a servant of the gospel in the letter that he sent off to this young church in Colossae. And the reason he had to send a letter is because he couldn't go in person and he'd actually written the letter and he'd never even been there. It was such a young church, young in the faith. Instead, he was in prison suffering just as they were, for they were being persecuted. They were being ridiculed. Why follow Jesus? Everyone around them would say. So Paul quickly got off this letter, and what's really interesting is the first thing he tells them is that he's rejoicing in his sufferings, not only for his sake, but for everyone's sake. Now, it doesn't seem to make sense. I mean, who on earth would rejoice at suffering? But you know what it did? It gave him street cred with that church, with that young church who hadn't met him yet. I wonder when he sent it off if he thought they might not even open the letter. But when he began the letter saying that he too knew what it was like to suffer for the sake of believing in Jesus and that it only made his faith stronger, then they could listen they could open their hearts up. You know, one thing about Paul is he had a laser-sharp focus to his life, and we actually read about it in one of our verses today. It says that God gave Paul a job, and get ready for this, to present God's word in all of its fullness. Of course, what does that mean? I would want to read every line that came under it, every bullet point to know what I was getting into. But you know Paul, who once was Saul. He had that experience like Joseph, the Maasai warrior, and it changed his life and his name and his mission. So he served his life bringing people the gospel, traveling anywhere he had to go, teaching other disciples of his to go preach that gospel. And he lived out his life with that 
razor-sharp focus. And it wasn't just about his letters and his travels saying, you know, hey, the church is a group of people who organize themselves to preserve the teachings of Jesus. Not at all. Paul reminds us over and over again that Jesus calls the church to be his living presence in the world. Now, how are we able to do that? Because Jesus lives in us individually and collectively. We are the reflection of Jesus that this world of ours today sees. The church is not just a body of Christians. It is the body of Jesus Christ. I'm blessed to have a mentor in my life who trained me through seminary and I was able to work with him. And then 20 years later, when we took the young adults to Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 2011, I had the great privilege of spending some time with him as we stayed at his church. His name is Pastor Mark McDonough. And at the time, he served the Calvary Presbyterian Church in Milwaukee, downtown on Wisconsin Avenue. Now, at one point, this church in its heyday, when Milwaukee was just doing so well, where it was actually a section for the wealthy, and the church was packed with people. But this church that he went to serve now was down to about 30 members. In his years there, it got up to 48 and what happened with this church is that they began to look at themselves and change their focus. They asked God, how can they be the living presence of Christ now with the urban city around them, with the homeless literally sleeping in their doors, trying to find shade in the sun or heat in the cold? And so what they did is they ended up calling themselves the doorkeeper. Here at Rosedale, we call ourselves the mission station. Calvary became the doorkeeper. And he explained to me as we were sitting in his office, trying to have a conversation, and right in the middle of it, the doorbell would ring. The part-time secretary had already gone home. There were no volunteers in the building, and we were on the third floor. And so every time the doorbell would ring, he would have to get up from what he was doing and go down three flights of stairs to open the door to whatever or whoever was behind it. After a couple of times, I said, how do you do it? Like, you, how do you keep a thought in your head? And he chuckled and he said, it took some getting used to. But he said, this is what he did. When he had to get up from what he did, he grumbled, maybe even all the way to the first flight of stairs. And by the time he went down one flight of stairs, he began to think about, okay, let me lay behind and put aside whatever I was working on and start focusing on behind the door. But it wasn't until he put his hand on the doorknob that he began a mantra and he said every time, coming Jesus. And then he would open the door and attend to whomever needed attending. I think that's an amazing example of what it means to be Christ to people. I love that story. And so I have tried to make it a focus in my life to say that coming Jesus. And on that old mission trip in 2011, after that story was shared for the rest of the week, if someone got called, they would yell out, coming Jesus. May that be our mantra. And I always feel like 
in days and times of which we live, especially with COVID and divisiveness in the world, I know that I crave inspiration. I came across a statement of faith written by a Zimbabwean pastor that I think is one of the most inspiring things I have ever read. And I hope that it moves you long after I'm done sharing it. I know it reminds me of Paul and it reminds me of Joseph that we are called to be disciples of Christ. And this is how it goes. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I will not let up, look back, slow down. My past is redeemed. My future is secure. I am done with low living, small planning, smooth knees, mundane talking, chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotion, popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, or rewarded. My face is set. My goal is sure. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions few. My God is reliable. My mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, delayed, or deluded. I will not flinch in the face of adversity, not negotiate at the table of the enemy, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until he comes, speak of all I know of him, and work until he stops me. And when he comes for his own by the grace of God, he will have no problem recognizing me because my colors are clear. Jesus tells us that the very life-changing activity of God has broken into our world today, right now, and it's available to us. May we run to greet him, calling out to him as we go. Coming, Jesus. Amen. Today, we give our offerings to Christ out of our abundance and also out of our scarcity, knowing that in his hands, our offerings will bring the greatest blessing to those who need it most. In this moment, we ask you to prayerfully consider giving a monetary donation to the ministries of Rosedale Gardens or another organization within your community that seeks to serve others. Let us rejoice now in what we have been given and in what is ours to give as we receive this morning's offering. Mm -hmm. 